when I look at my hoops, it's like going through life and creating these designs that represent not just stories that I've been through, but also the relationships that I've connected as I went along. And so that's where the story of the hoop dance for myself when I dance comes from. I'm Lindsay Linton Buck, and you're listening to Women in Wyoming, where I talk with inspiring and influential women around the state and learn about their lives, journeys, and how they got to where they are today. This is Chapter 5, The Cowgirl State, which explores themes of healing, consciousness, and connectivity. It's also about evolution and what a time of evolution we've all been living in and continue to live in, a time of massive change, loss, upheaval, and also transformation. For me personally, a lot has evolved since I started this project in 2017. During the last two years of the pandemic, I became a mother, so now I have two babies, two boys, and I'm reimagining how I show up in the world as a mom and creator. Over the coming weeks, I'll be sharing the final episodes of Chapter 5, which will complete this volume of the project. If you're a longtime listener or just tuning in, thank you so much for following me along this journey. It's been an absolute honor to get to tell these stories and share them with you. This time, Jasmine Pickner-Bell, the two-time world champion hoop dancer of the Crow Creek Sioux Tribe, also known as Good Road Woman. The music that you heard from the intro is Luke Bell and the North Bear Singers. Luke is Jasmine's husband and musician for her performances. I first learned about Jasmine in 2019 when I saw her perform at the Wyoming Arts Council Summit. It was a really powerful performance and I knew I wanted to tell Jasmine's story in this project, so I'm excited for you to hear from her today and learn about the hoop dance as well as her connection and legacy to this sacred healing art form. Jasmine and I spoke remotely for this interview, so you may hear some discrepancies in the audio as a result of recording from afar. Here's Jasmine. My name is Jasmine Pickner Bell, and I'm enrolled member of the Crow Creek Dakota Sioux Tribe. And my Dakota name is Chanku Washtewi, which is Good Road Woman. I have been given that name by my grandmother, Teresa Red Bear, the late Teresa Red Bear. She passed away in 2014. And she had given me that name to honor my great-great-great-grandmother who actually carried that name years ago. She said, you know, with the path, I was continuing on traveling and performing around the country, around the world. She knew that that name, Good Road Woman, was my my name to carry on because I was representing not only my family, but my tribe, my people in a positive way. And I would be leading a pathway for many younger generations to come. And so growing up, my grandmother was a big part of my life as far as helping me really stay humble and understanding how important it was to 
appreciate the gift that I was given as a hoop dancer. And as I continued to grow with my hoop dancing and started to accomplish the world championships and accomplish so many different amazing adventures, I always looked at her for guidance and to help me stay on the right path and not make decisions based on materialistic value, but make them based on the actual traditional and good-hearted representing my people. That's beautiful. I love that connection with your grandmother and the story behind how you were given your name, especially as you have gone on to perform across the world. I was able to see you perform at the Wyoming Arts Council Summit a few years ago now, and that's how I first learned about you and your story. So I'd love if we could just start with the hoop dance and to everyone listening and explaining what it is and where it comes from. The hoop dance it actually is a very traditional dance that started years ago amongst many tribes amongst the United States and Canada. So there wasn't like a specific tribe that had a hoop dancer. It was something that was very universal in a sense. So each tribe that did have a hoop dancer within their tribe, they had their own origin story of how it came about and where it came from. And for us, as the Lakota and Dakota people, we come out of South Dakota and we have a story that talks about how we were born from the Black Hills, the Pa'asapa. And with the hoop dance, there's actually pictographs of hoop dancers in the caves of the Black Hills from years and years ago. But of course, when it first started, there was only maybe three at the most hoops that were used. And it was a sacred healing dance because they believe that, you know, with that sacred circle, we call it the Changleshka, meaning hoop or tree, because the hoops were originally made out of willow or oak tree branches that were soaked in water and then tied up. And so when we dance with them, as you're passing that hoop through your body, your prayers are being connected and lifting up. So you're not only telling a story through the designs of the hoop dance, but you're also praying and help healing the people that are in need at that time. And so like the biggest question I get from a lot of people is, you know, oh, how do you dance without getting dizzy? Because I'm always spinning. And it's because mainly when I'm dancing, I'm not focusing on everything around me. I'm actually really connected and focused on what I'm dancing for. And it's just me inside that zone of my hoop. So when the hoop dance came about, it started out as only males performed it within the tribe. And so years and years passed. And as, as the years passed, with a lot of our dances, they became more, I guess, contemporary in a sense. And they started to share the styles of dances at powwows. And with the hoop dance, you know, when I actually first started, there was a very, very few hoop dancers amongst our hoop dancing society. And with myself, 
it was passed down from my father who shared with me the story of what it represented and what it meant. And he said, you know, I want to teach you because there's a balance that's missing within the sacred circle. I feel that you are going to bring back this balance and this respect that was once given to our females. And so I want to stop you right there because um, your father, Dallas Chief Eagle, is a renowned hoop dancer as well. And he seems like he was very forward thinking in bringing you into the mix because traditionally this has been a very male dominated dance. Yeah. And he knew that I was actually going to have to really have tough skin in a sense because he knew some tribes, even to this day, female hoop dancers aren't acceptable within their, within their circle. And for us, the story behind it and what it represents, there's a purpose for uh, a female hoop dancer. When my father and I dance together, they can't believe the power that we have together. When him and I come together and we perform together, we're sharing like this powerful message of both male and female. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that yin and yang and how your father really, really uplifts you in that space as well. And, and you with him too. And I just wonder if you remember one of those first times that you started dancing with the hoop as a child or realized, yeah, maybe I do have a special gift for this and I really want to keep going. So I remember when we first started performing together, it was a family tradition. So I had my older brother, he hoop danced, my older sister hoop danced, my mother, she started learning how. And for myself, I had this purpose within my family because I was the speaker. I was very outspoken. So my father knew, okay, she's going to be the one that's going to carry on this style and carry on the story for our family. So I remember when he gave me that first hoop and he started to teach me how to dance with the one hoop, I would look out into the audience and I kept thinking to myself, I wonder if they even are paying attention to anything I'm doing with this one hoop at this time, you know, but then as I progressed and as I graduated and I started to add more hoops, when my father and I started to perform, it was like something magical happened to where we would flow together. So out of respect, when we started dancing, I would let him go first. And then as I was dancing on the side, he would go ahead and turn it over to me and I would take over and I would do my moves and then we would both go in together. So it was almost like this magical type of performance would happen to where we never really had to practice together or talk about it. It just flowed as it was. I loved what you said too, is you start with one hoop and just kind of going back to make sure people understand if they're still confused. It literally looks like a hula hoop. You start with a one and you just keep connecting these hoops until I believe it's 28 hoops total, correct? You can go to as many hoops as you can dance with. I've actually gotten up to 48, which that is, I don't do it very often. It's a tough 
routine because it's, I would say anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes of straight dancing and connecting hoops and building the designs that I make with them. That performance is like a very special performance that I only do very, very seldomly. Well, and can you talk a little more about the symbolism? Because that's something I really resonate with, with this dance and with this art form is it does have so much meaning behind it. Each hoop is building that connection and has that healing message. It's a prayer. It's one of the things I read was that it's the renewal of the collective human spirit, which I feel like, especially now, we really, we just need that on our planet. And so talk to me about what's going through your mind when you're building the formations and building hoop after hoop and just that spiritual connection that you feel to this dance. So when I create my designs, sometimes I'll be driving down the road. Sometimes I'll wake up literally in the morning and I'll have had a dream about this design that I created when I was sleeping. And in my dream, it would show me how to create this design. So I would jump up and I'd go grab my hoops. And of course, my husband would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, hold on. And I would put this design together or I'd be driving and I think of this, this, this design out of nowhere and I pull over and I grab my hoops and I start creating it. And so some of these designs come to you for different purposes. And some are passed down like through family tradition. The spiritual part, the connection that I have created with the hoop dance. So each hoop dancer has their own story or they should have their own story behind their hoop dance. When you start with one hoop, that symbolizes yourself. And as you start to connect your hoops together, it's like going through life and you're connecting relationships. So if you don't take care of your own hoop, let's say you're broken or you push your feelings inside and you don't really take care of the things that you go through, then we call it, you'll have a broken hoop or a broken heart. Just like in life, you start creating these designs with more hoops, just like relationships. And if your hoop ain't stable or if your hoop ain't solid, then your designs are going to constantly fall apart, meaning your relationships in life aren't going to stay strong because you didn't take care of your very first hoop. That's how I've come to create my hoop dances. When I look at my hoops, it's like going through life and creating, creating these designs that represent not just stories that I've been through, but also the relationships that I've connected as I went along. And so that's where the story of the hoop dance for myself when I dance comes from. Yeah, and I know you've had some some difficulty in your life. If you could share if you felt comfortable, what actually got you to the world championship in the first place? So I remember being about 14 years old, we went on this trip to Austria. And I remember my brother was showing me a couple moves while we were over there, what he was working on. And at the time, I didn't really understand like the real reason behind it. 
And little did I know that just a few months later, once we got home, you know, he was killed in a car accident as he was going to college one morning, he was driving and it was just one of those accidents where even the lady that had ran into him, she said, for some reason, why? She said, I waited knowing he was coming over this little bluff or this little hill. She said, why last minute I made that decision to turn right in front of him? She goes, I can't explain it. But she was an elderly elderly lady. And, you know, it's just one of those accidents where it just happened. And he was killed instantly. I remember my heart was so broken and I was so close with him. I thought, what can I do to kind of help carry on his legacy? And he was practicing like every single day he was practicing to go down to the world championship. At the time, I felt like I wasn't really ready. So I wasn't actually considering going down and competing in the competition just yet because I felt like I had more to learn. And so when he passed away, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this for him. And I remember going back to the story about being in Austria. I was like, this is why he was teaching me these moves because it was like already set in place. Like he knew that I was going to be going down to that competition in honor of him. So he taught me some of his moves before he passed away. And I used those within my performance when I went down there and danced. And it was like a very powerful moment because I remember during the competition, I could feel him because like I was super, super sad at the same time I was excited or I felt at peace because I knew, I knew that I was doing something that was honoring him and he was with me during the whole time. And so when I won first place, it was like I did it for him because I, I knew that that was what he wanted. And so the next year I decided I got to go back because I went in honor of my brother last year. So this next year, I'm going to go back in honor of myself, you know, and defend my title. And that's what I did. And I went back and I competed again and I took first place at the competition. And I felt kind of complete in a sense because like I did what I was meant to do. What was it like stepping into that space? Has it changed at all? Is it more accepting for women? How has it changed since you entered that space? So that's one thing that I feel like, okay, I can honestly say that I was given this purpose, not only to bring back a balance to that female circle, but also to pave a pathway for our younger female generation, because I had to go through a lot of different, I guess, jump through different hoops in order to bring a respect back to that female style. And so when I dance, I dance in my traditional dress. And you, back in the day, myself being one of the very first females, you would never, ever see hardly any females at all wearing dresses. And now it's kind of cool because they kind of picked up my style. And if you go to the hoop dance competition, In today's day and age, the females are all wearing dresses. They don't dress like the men no more. And so I've created this new way of 
style for the females. And I felt like, okay, now my daughters can understand and they can see and share that story that, hey, my mom was actually the first female ever to not only beat all the men in a dress, but to create that style dancing in a dress. Well, I'd love if we could just go back a little bit. Um, you grew up in South Dakota, but tell me about your journey to Wyoming and how that's influenced your path and where you've gone with the dance as well. So I actually met my husband at the Cheyenne Frontier Days where you're performing down there. And, you know, through the years, we were friends and we became best friends. And then we started dating and we kind of took like almost every step in that whole relationship process, which was really awesome because we grew as a couple because, you know, he's a singer and I'm a dancer. And so when we came together, it was almost like meant to be as far as our relationship, we do what we love to do. And our kids are growing up in the environment of really understanding and learning about who we are and being able to understand how to balance that in this new, I guess, man-made world in a sense. So you balance your spirituality with the man-made world and you really have to work hard at being proud and um, carrying on the tradition through all of the other obstacles in life that come with, you know, life in general. My kids, you know, they all understand our traditional values and how we live in an everyday basis. But at the same time, you know, they see what it takes to really create their own identity in a world of, of man-made objects that I always say some people use, you know, just different symbols to try to define themselves. But you really have to find like that one symbol that that really understands who you are and where you come from. And so for the hoop dance, growing up, that became part of my story. And when I moved to Wyoming, I had to almost create my own identity all over again because nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew what I was capable of doing. And even today's day and age, I'm still trying to reach out to these schools in different places and say, hey, I'm a hoop dancer. I'd love to come perform. And I almost had to start completely over with trying to create my my hoop dancing business in the aspect. Whereas in South Dakota, I go back and everybody knows who I am. And, you know, I, I had performances all the time everywhere with all these different events. And so I'm still kind of creating myself here in Wyoming. I, I can relate to that. I grew up in Wyoming, but moved away. And when I came back, that's partly why I created this project, because I felt like I was starting completely over and had to reinvent myself here and wasn't totally sure what path I was going to take moving forward. And I think there's so much opportunity to create yourself here, but it does take that effort as well to put yourself into those spaces and you know, see what can unfold. Yeah, definitely. It does take a lot of work. I know that I've been working at it for quite a few years. I've been in Wyoming for 10 years this uh, August. And so it's been kind of like a tough journey because 
I had to really put in a lot of work to reach out to a lot of different places. And I'm still doing it even to this day, trying to get different relationships built with other school systems and other places, tourist places, and say, look, hey, I'd love to come perform. I'd love to build a relationship with you and, you know, start this this business opportunity and so forth. So, yeah. And what is it for you with, you know, why you feel so passionate about sharing this dance and this message with, it sounds like, especially kids and in the, the school system? I think it's really important for me because it was something that I've always done. I mean, ever since I was in school, I've always shared my dance with every class that, you know, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I got all the way into high school and I would perform for my whole school. And it was kind of cool because this Cheyenne, a few weeks ago, I was over there performing and this girl comes up and she goes, I I just want to tell you, she goes, my name is Andrea. I don't know if you remember me, but we were in Miss Alwine's class together. And she was like fourth grade or fifth grade together. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, and that's cool because all my classmates can still remember who I am because they're connect me with, you're the hoop dancer. You taught us how to hoop dance, you know? And so it was always just part of what I love to do. And I think it's important to share the message and be able to, to go in and build these better relationships with the schools because, you know, sometimes our school system's not teaching about everyday values as a native aspect. And I can go in and say, look, this is something that I have created and this is what I want to share with you. And this is how we can connect it together. That's wonderful. You had mentioned something in relation to the hoops of knowing who you are and where you come from. And obviously, just from your family, you have such deep roots with this art form. Has it changed for you, especially in this crazy time we've been living in? And has that symbolism evolved over the years and especially more recently for you in terms of what the dance means to you now? I've always been told, you know, your hoop dance story will grow with you as you get older. And as you create your story, it will be a continuing story that will continue to grow and change and evolve over time. And so, you know, with COVID and everything that's been going on, I think it really made everybody realize how important your family, your love, you know, the non-materialistic things are in our everyday life. And it made us really put a stop on all this fast paced going and said, look, stop and realize what's important in today's day and age and how to really focus on the reality of our health is important, how quickly someone can pass that, you know, you're really close to. And that's, that's one thing that even my kids have actually grown to understand is we have to appreciate and love one another even more and appreciate our family times. It definitely was like a really eye-opener to what, how quickly things can be taken away and how quickly the world can change and you have to hit survival mode. And can you survive in a world without electronics or without this materialistic stuff? 
Well, and, you know, so much of this too is about, you know, being rooted in Wyoming and how we kind of make our way here and, and make our way in life in general. So where would you like to continue to go? It's about reaching out to the communities of Wyoming so they understand who I am, where I come from, and helping my kids be able to understand that they can continue on. My little girl's there hoop dancing now, and so I want to build that pathway to give them opportunities to go perform and share their story and, you know, really understand how important it is to carry on that family tradition. So are you still dancing with your father? So I still... It's been a while since we got a chance to perform together, but we still have very few like times that we get a chance to dance together. I think it's more because of the distance. I mean, we live so far away from each other, but anytime we get an opportunity to perform together, we usually take it and, you know, I'll help him out here and there, or he'll come and show up and dance with me or, you know, any chance we get, we try to perform together. Do you still feel that same energy that you did when you were young when you, when you would dance together, just that kind of that completion of the balance as you were speaking to? I do feel it. And I was telling my husband just the other day that I miss it. Like I said, I really want to dance with my dad because like I miss that powerful feeling that we have when we perform together. I said, you know, it was like something magical just happened when we danced together. And so I'm hoping that there will be more opportunities that come up to where we can perform together and have that opportunity to really share with the people how powerful that male and female style comes together. What have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned from your experience and growth as a hoop dancer? So the hoop dance has taught me everything from humility, you know, to respect, to really understanding that in life anything can happen at any time so you really have to appreciate that opportunity to dance appreciate the opportunity to travel appreciate every opportunity you have because you know at any point in time that could be taken away and you know with the hoop dance it's all about keep jumping through the hoops as you go in life. You know, people always kind of chuckle when I say, well, here I go jumping through hoops again in my life because uh, I have more obstacles that come towards me. But it's almost like that's just what the hoop dance has taught me is you keep moving forward no matter what. You're going to make mistakes in life. You know, sometimes the hoop might fall and your design might fall apart, but you pick up those hoops and you keep going and you keep dancing and you know no matter what as hard as life gets you're going to still be able to jump through that hoop that's so true and that's so important to keep remembering that and I love how I love how the hoop is so literal in your world too I mean like jumping through that hoop and just continuing onward and just sort of thinking back on when I saw you perform at the Wyoming Arts Council and Something I really loved about your performance that wasn't just going on stage and performing it. It truly was sharing this message. And I can't remember exactly what you said, but you brought everybody up and, or, you know, whoever wanted to come up and, and learn from you as well. And I, I'd love if you could just share when you are in that space, what is so important for you to 
share with others about this dance and why you want to include them in it as well. It's not just, hey, watch me dance and perform. It is so much more of bringing people together and sharing a larger message. And I think it's, for me, it's important to end on that note when I'm performing is, okay, we're all going to come up together. We're all going to connect our hoops together because I want you to feel personally how important that one hoop is and how powerful it is and how healing it is. You know, when you get done hoop dancing with me, you're going to feel better. When you get done off the stage, you're going to go home and you're going to have a story to tell. And you're going to be able to share that story with your friends and your family. And that's what it's about for me is that's why I include the audience. I'm like, okay, let's connect together and really have that opportunity to share our hoops and leave here with a smile on our face. Was there ever a time you stepped away from it or has this just continued to be something you've built upon through every stage in your life? It was something that I built upon with every stage in my life because I went through so much, so many difficult times, everything from going through middle school, being made fun of because I was a hoop dancer, not being accepted in the little groups at school. And, you know, but for me, it was my hoop dancing that kept me strong through that. I said, you know, regardless of what anybody thinks, I'm going to continue to do what I love to do. And, and years later, it just so happened that those ones that used to make fun of me were contacting me and saying, hey, my daughter wants to be just like you. And she saw you hoop dancing. And, you know, it was kind of a came full circle that little did they know or remember. They used to make fun of me for what I did. But here their daughters wanted to be just like me in the end. So... I feel like, you know, it's an everyday evolving part of my life. It's not just a performance, but it's a way of life. That was Jasmine Pickner-Bell, the two-time world champion hoop dancer, also known as Good Road Woman of the Crow Creek Sioux Tribe. To learn more about Jasmine, her story, and see her full profile with images of her hoop dancing, visit womeninwyoming.com. That's womeninwyoming.com. You can also find the project on Instagram at womeninwyo. That's women in W-Y-O. We are so grateful to our sponsors and partners who've helped to make this project possible over the years. A special thank you to the Hughes Charitable Foundation for their generosity and support of this project. I'm Lindsay Linton-Buck, and you've been listening to Women in Wyoming. Women in Wyoming.